Where's your mother right now? There needs to be a drunklin come in and just go every freaking time. I thought I was being really good too. I did I did the record. I would jump straight to the ad and he's standing there looking at me as if to go, oh. I, I, you were so confident. You've gone, bang, there was a flourish when you hit the button and I'm just looking going, Really? She's How you really doing? proud of herself. <laughs> this is this is at twenty nine. Are you doing this on purpose at this no, point? No, I'm really not. I. It's where you've got the you've got it down below. You, you and mean, I'm. Lo- it, it says intro underneath the button that that is the button for the intro. Yeah, but I was looking at it going my finger that's above finger. You've confused me. <laughs> it hasn't changed in twenty nine episodes, thirty two including the special apps. Uh, well, anyway. Dear me. <laughs> so today we're talking, let's let's get really serial now, okay? Um, we're talking about Airbnb tax in Victoria and yep. what it means. Yep. And then the JTM, we're going to be talking about the resin desk that you did with our eldest. Yes. We got some cool photos and stuff for that one too. That'll be really, really cool. So... Now can I press the button that I really, really want? I don't know. Can you? Can you? Ready to sell your home? Don't make the rookie mistake of jumping in blind. The first step on your journey is critical. Research. You need to know what your house is really worth to get the best deal. And that's where checkmyhouseprice.com.au comes in. With a free house price report, you'll get all the juicy market intel, recent sales data, and other must-have info to help you win big when selling your home. Don't gamble on your home's worth. Make checkmyhouseprice.com.au the first step in your successful selling journey. Visit us today and get your free house price report. Jay, hey. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, dear. Uh, okay, so this was something that you sent through to me the other day. Yeah, it was a really interesting read, actually. Um, so Airbnb tax in Victoria and what it means. Yes. So, um, Sorry, I was just making sure the cameras were recording there. Looking at my camera? Think you are. Want to see the red yeah. light flashing? Checking yourself out. That's what you're doing. <laughs> it's there's no. <sighs> How come mine are the only buttons you can push correctly, <laughs> Helen? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, so, so Victoria want to introduce an Airbnb tax. Yeah, um, and we and, and I did come out to you, and I was. I was like, hold on, what does? I was this so proud mean? of you. I'm so grateful that that you know you felt safe with me to to announce yourself and to come out being yourself. Uh, my sides. Push another button. <laughs> Do you want me to? <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. I pushed a button. Uh, so the 
when I came out to you, I was like, how is this not like, because let's face it, normally when they introduce a tax, there's always a snowball. Yep. Uh, whether it gets thrown at your face when you least expect it or whether it's just a perpetual thing that starts at the top of the hill and ends up going down yep. the hill. Uh, so the 7.5% tax going on all houses in Vic to help build 80K homes a year. All right, let me, let me just quickly jump in there. It's not going... The 7.5% tax is not going on all houses. Well, it's... All going to houses. Uh, exactly. Oh, sorry, my bad. Houses, I houses Victoria... and I can't read. <laughs> houses Victoria is a, an agency that is charged with building 80,000 homes a year yeah. for the next 10 years, right? Yeah. To, to accommodate Victoria's growing population. So the 7.5% tax is going to be applied to Airbnbs under this new proposal. Okay, and it's going to all of the the money generated from that is going to help fund building eighty thousand new homes a year. And so, why is it going? I, I know that's pretty obvious, but I'm going to be asking this anyway, just in case there's people that are coming in now and didn't hear the topic. Why is it going on Airbnb? It's going on Airbnb. Airbnb has kind of become a bit of a magnet for these plans over the last few years because. Somewhere, somewhere along the line, somebody somewhere along the line turned around and said, there's all these properties that are short-term accommodation now, and that's adding to the rental crisis because they're not in the long-term leasing market, Mm. right? And so it kind of gained momentum. Everybody got a someone they could whip, essentially. They got themselves a whipping boy that they could cry foul about, and Mm. it kind of distracted from the fact that we just don't have enough houses in this country. Yeah. And so there's been numerous plans floated around the country. Queensland floated a 5% tax late last year. The Greens did. Um, this one in, in Victoria has, is seeming to go a little bit further and 75 and it looks like it's going to get through. Who knows? Because Dan Andrews is no, now no longer in charge. Mm. So we'll have to see how that all comes out in the wash. Um, <clears throat> but the main driver behind it is to get these short-term leasing properties these Airbnb properties put back into the long-term market. Mm. The data, however, and the analysts, the smart people, like Prop tra- Prop Track from realestate.com.au, who've got as much data as CoreLogic, mm-hmm. and between them they have more data than anybody on the planet in regards to Australian real estate, have turned around and said there's going to be minimal impact, that few will either go long-term lease mm. or be sold. Yeah. So if we back their data, and when they come out and say something like this, and they back it with data... It's kind of hard to argue. It's hard to argue with, right? It's hard to argue with. So what does this mean? If they're going to put a 7.5% tax on Airbnbs, well, it means, and they estimate, it'll cost us about an extra $100 to holiday for a weekend in Victoria using Airbnb. Yeah. So about 50 bucks a night. Okay. So if it's going to... you just said $100 a week. but A weekend. A weekend, sorry, a weekend. So if it's going to cost us more money to holiday in Victoria, wouldn't we go holiday somewhere else? Is there going to be a flow-on effect into the tourism market, which is going to... Well, that's what I did ask you about, because Airbnb, that's travel, which is huge for tourism. And especially if you... um, 
you know, you go to those smaller places like, let's say, Stanthorpe. It is, yep. It's not exactly tiny, but it's not exactly huge either. Yep. Uh, where there is a lot, there is a lot of places on Airbnb because of it just being easier. Because previously yeah. to Airbnb, people would still have to go to, you know, real estate. Real estate.com or something like that. Yeah. Yep. So, look, if, if you look at it from a purely economical perspective, generally speaking, and a lot of the people I've talked to who have got Airbnb properties, who know people with Airbnb properties – if they can get about a 30% occupancy, occupancy rate, mm. they earn the same as a long-term lease. So that gives them a hell of a lot of upside Yeah, because they've got a property that is getting as much as a long-term lease, but it's only getting 30% of the wear and tear, number one. Number two, they can increase that occupancy rate and earn more. And that's huge. Yeah. Well, the other thing too <coughs> is that when it comes to lease a long-term lease with a furbished house... Because let's face it, that's the reason why you can charge a bit more when it comes to, you know, furbished houses. Yeah. Because people look at it and go, oh, I don't mind paying $250 a night because it's got everything there. Yeah, exactly. Like I, I can I, just take I, my bag full of clothes and rock up. Yeah, yep. everything's sweet. Um, and obviously, 30%, that covers everything. But if you're going to have a long-term lease with your furniture in it... Well, there's wear and tear on the furniture. And you're responsible for that. There's wear and tear on the house. There's, And so there's a lot of benefits to Cause I, it. Because I do also know, because I do have family friends who had holiday leasing in yeah. apartments. And part of you having a holiday apartment was, yes, you can say this is like I own this, ap- this apartment. So therefore this period of time each year I'm going to be having the rest of the time you know, needs to be looked after, can be rented out. And, but with that, they had to have furniture in there. Yeah. Like. And, and that's, that's another point. I think you make a great point there. If they can break even with a 30% occupancy rate, that's 70% of the time they have a holiday home that's available to them. Mm. Right. So there's, there's a lot of benefits to it. The data's showing, and, and this is where, you know, there's this groundswell against it and to get these put back into the rental market and the long-term rental market, there's no incentive to do that. And 7.5% tax is not going to incentivize people to do that. They're just going to add that to the cost of an Airbnb. Mm. So it's going to be the tourists. It's going to be the people staying that are going to pay that. That's going to have a flow-on effect to potentially turn away tourism or have tourism go elsewhere But business is still going to go because business has to go and do the deal. So business will just pass the cost on, Mm. right? So it's it's a minimal impact. The only good thing I see out of out of this, and I would want to see it tracked because look, we all know the government comes out and says, "Oh, we're going to do this tax, and we're going to put all of the money generated from it into this particular project," Mm. and it goes into the giant government tax slash fund, and and then who knows what goes where, right? Yeah. But the fact that they are going to put it into building 80,000 homes a year I think is is hugely beneficial. Yeah. Sorry, I'm just listening to the uh It's not being picked up. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I was I was watching that. There's someone someone started mowing lawns. This is the joys of having a little mini podcast set up in in your own home is, you know, you got kids on well, school holidays last, and last ep we had the robo vacuum cleaner start up. That was two eps ago. Yeah. Yeah. Starting schedule cleaning. Mm. <laughs> 
Uh, and we just looked at real. each other and just went, oh. At least it's real, right? <laughs> like, at least it's all real and authentic. And so the next thing, because we've gone over prop tra- track. Yep. Because uh, this was another thing that I came to you and I was like, hold on. We know that this has the potential of really, like, being crappy. Like what the Queensland government wanted to do with bringing in that stupid tax with taxing interstate investors. This has nothing to do with that. No, it doesn't. They wanted to bring in a 5% Airbnb tax. No, I'm talking about the flow-on effect, Mm. right, from other state investors and potential for investors in that state to be, you know what, I'm going. it, it, It could go either way. Investors could go, I don't care, I'll just up my rates by 7.5% and therefore they continue to buy in that state. I suppose if you know that you're going to rent... If if you know you're going to get the numbers, it doesn't doesn't matter matter. what it is, right? Um, It's extra paperwork and admin, which is going to be a nuisance. That's going to be a pain in the backside. Will it drive investors to buy in other states? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. You'd have to ask the individual investors on that. This isn't like the land tax, where the land tax was so ridiculous. Oh, yeah, it was stupid. it, It... like so many investors sold out of Queensland, mm. even before the law came in, they just went. You know what? If this is where you're going to, we're out. I think the biggest concern with this is it's starting at seven point five percent. Yeah, we know the only way is up. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, right. It's and, and that's that's a problem. That's a problem. I reckon. If anything, they should have started at it like three, four. See how what see what the what the response was. Oh, they'll, they'll have done a focus group to figure oh, out what people would Do you would know stomach. what? They probably turn around and go, oh, it's just like GST. We're going to have this little tax on there mm. and then we're going to put GST on top of it too. So, pow, pow. I don't know about that one. Mother that, that, that sounds like one for an accountant. But yeah, look, I, I, think, I think in the short term that for people that are adverse to doing their taxes and or at the administrative side of things, mm. um, it may increase costs in terms of accounting costs and things, so they might look at another state. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's going to drive. Like it might drive interstate investors away because it's just it seems too hard. But I don't think it's going to drive Victorian investors out of Victoria. I think it's ultimately it's just going to cost I more money. It's where you're going to be to looking to as to like if you if you know that you're going to be investing in a regional area that has a high Airbnb, for example like here in Queensland, I'm pretty sure there's plenty of them, but here in Queensland we have Stanthorpe, which is wine region, you know, people go out there and people flock, right? So I'm guessing that they would be similar places down in Victoria. Oh, there's similar places all over the Where regional, right, it it may hit a little bit harder given the fact that you're not having the – if the investors look at it and go, hold on, and people would do it where it's like – well, why would I go and stay at Airbnb when I can go and stay at the local motel? Oh, the Airbnb is probably a lot nicer. It is, but <laughs> at the same the, time, when it comes it, to it'll be the way it'll look. Like if you're wanting just to go and stay there, you'll do the way up and go. Do I really want to go and spend an extra hundred dollars, or do I just want to suck it up and deal with the motel? Yeah, look, I, I and, and I think for those on a budget that might factor in, but. The data showing it's going to be minimal impact. Yeah. I just, I think what will happen though, and where my concern is, is if this passes and goes through in Victoria, 
every other state will do it. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like they've, they've all yeah. We, every other state which will do it. which may be the death of Airbnb when you no, think about it. No, no. It, it won't be because hotel. Well, like I would be okay. interested in. Okay, so what is Airbnb already taking out of that? I don't know. I think it's twenty, thirty percent, something like that. But my question would be: What other um, listing places? Right, that oh, you could there'll, list yeah, on there'll, there'll be others as that to, pop up. yeah. I mean, when you when you look at the rate of hotels, like I stayed in a crappy hotel in Sydney recently, like, and it's it was supposed to be fancy, but because it was CBD, it was a fortune. Like it was four hundred dollars for a night, mm. right? And it wasn't anything flash, yeah, at all, yeah. Um, and I look at that and I think and go, that's that's kind of the average price these days. Mm. You know, the average rack rate, unless you're getting some sort of sale price. So I, I think there's still going to be a place for Airbnb. I think that there's a fairly significant gap generally in costs between like for like between Airbnb and hotels. And I think that's one of the reasons why hotels, um, you know, uh, don't like Airbnb. Yeah. You, you think about the place we love to stay in Tassie, you know, we get a three bedroom place overlooking the water and it costs us $360 a night on average, mm. right? To get something equivalent to fit all of us, we're paying six, seven, eight hundred dollars a night. Yeah, you know, in a hotel. In a hotel. So I think there's still going to be a place for Airbnb. I don't think this is going to affect... Like, it's not going to achieve the stated goals of getting these short-term leasing properties back into the long-term leasing market. I don't think that's going to happen. I think it's just end, going to end up bringing money into... Be, yeah, I think there might be a bit of a negative impact when it comes to tourism. May, maybe a little one. Uh, I think 7.5% is probably not enough to really impact heavily. I think the benefit of it is the fact that it's going to fund 80,000 homes a year being built. Yeah. Um, you know, there's there's that benefit, which that'll then probably create an opportunity for more Airbnbs to pop up. So This is true. Knows. But, yeah. yeah. No, I'm All not right. too worried about this one. I just I just don't like the fact that it'll probably end up in every other state if it gets passed in Victoria. And, yeah, but it, and it won't sit at 7.5%. No, it won't. It'll increase. I reckon it'll end up like 10, 10% in no time. That one? Let's see which rabbit holes we're going down in this episode. It's time for GTM. It's G-Thought Moment. It might be drinking whiskey, pot, work, smoking beer, podcasting, story writing, treasure hunting, you name it. What's really great right here? Singing, playing TV shows. As you can see, nothing's off limit. It's GTM. G-Thought Moment. GTM. What will be his next shiny object? GTM. It's time for this week's G-Thought Moment. Nearly did it. They're even different colours. <sighs> I try. Yeah, yeah. All right, so the resin desk. Yeah, so... That's going to be this, the resident desk. This, this was a rabbit hole and a half, wasn't it? So Tom started working. You know, full credit to him. He's taking a full load of study. Our and, eldest. And he's, he's working. And he... Kind of wanted to set up his bedroom to make it more conducive to study and, and that. And he goes, Dad, I want to get a desk. Took him shopping and he wanted to buy it because he's earning his own money. He wanted to buy it. And the problem is, is that Tom's six foot two. And a lot of the desks that could fit his budget, which yeah, he had a, a budget of about a hundred bucks. They all had him like crunched under this desk, like folded in half, like he was trying to jam into a sardine can, right? It would have been funny for us to watch a see to see him like concertina out of the desk every single time. Right up until we got the bill for the Cairo. Hopefully. What's life without a bit of pain? Yeah, well, that's that's it, right? Um, so we're there in Office Works, 
And I go, I sort of said to him, I said, oh, well, maybe. I feel that this was a bit of a setup because he's been asking me about doing one of these resin desks. I said, maybe, maybe we, we just make you a desk. I conveniently took him to somewhere that didn't have the right suiting desks. Oh, it wasn't maybe. a setup. It was it was opportunistic. It wasn't a setup because I'm sitting there and I'm going, these desks aren't suitable. And then we were looking at desks that would be suitable, and they're five six hundred bucks. And I'm like, why don't we just build one? Why don't we just build? We'll build. And I said to him, why don't we build a resin desk? He's like, oh, let's do it. Can we? I'm like, yeah, let's do it. We'll figure it out. Well, surely it's not going to cost six hundred bucks. Surely. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're not going to talk about how much it costs, but it didn't cost six hundred bucks. Yes, I'll tell you but that. okay. This is where so many people get it wrong when it comes to doing. Furniture, upcycling, and all the rest of it. Creation. When you first do it, it is an expensive task. Yep. Once you do two, three, four pieces, those things that you went and bought the oh, first no, it, time it does, round. It comes out cheaper in the long run. Yeah. And, and I get that. I mean, the resin The resin was expensive. Like, we got, we got, we needed 15 litres of resin. And like, the so 10 litres of the actual resin and, and five litres of the hardener. And that was $380, just for that alone. Yeah, like but where did mental. you buy it from? Uh, we got it at wholesale rates. So the guys at Slab Lads down at Slacks Creek helped us out. Like we got the timber from from Stephen down there and he also helped us out with the um, the resin as mm-hmm. well. Um, and just we, we paid his cost. He yeah. was helping us out, which was awesome. Um, so, but that's, I mean, resins, you look on Amazon and it's just, it's insanely expensive. But so we started to build this resin desk. Mm-hmm. And we built this resin desk together. And um, it's actually, it's, it's as easy as what it looks in the YouTube videos in the sense that you follow a process. So you follow the steps. Sort of like cooking? Kind of like cooking, very much like cooking. But there's a recipe and a method and if, you follow you, the method. If you screw it up, <laughs> things do get too hot, um, which we, we learn. We had a couple of little hiccups and stressful moments. Um the, the big thing is being patient, is being really patient because if you if you pour a layer of resin... Is that one of your virtues? Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> but you pour a layer of resin. If you pour the next layer on top of it too soon, there's a chemical reaction that happens between the hardener and the resin which heats things up, right? And so if that lower layer is still hot... And or, or warm and is still having that chemical reaction, even though it seems about the right consistency to pour another layer on, then the next layer is going to heat up even more and heat builds on heat, right? And so it's going, right. to, it's going to harden really, really quickly and potentially shatter. Now, we didn't have it shatter. We got super, super close. It didn't crack, thankfully. It did kind of pull away from the timber edges a little bit. Um, but, and, and it was, it was high stress, I guess, for that, because. And the one thing that I can say too, is that when it comes to this type of thing, you need to be really, really particular about how you pour and any spillage that I, you make yeah, sure you, that you, you wipe it up. You do. And, hey, and we were. H-A-H. We, yeah, and we were. We, where, were you? Yeah. With all the blue little blips. Yeah, that was unavoidable. Like that but was you, always going to... But you didn't wipe it up. <clears throat> well, we couldn't. We wiped up what we could and then it's left some of the timber stained and we couldn't sand it because the other resin was wet and it would have just messed up the resin. So, is what it is. We figured out a way around it. It's fine. You'll see, you'll see in the photos that we'll share that like it, um, 
we put like a purple and gold border around it because that's Tom's like his his gaming colors and that that he with his gaming logo like his little streaming logo and stuff he he's all purple and gold so we put like a little border around it and stuff but and in the, and <coughs> in, it, in it it does have led lights yeah so one of the things tom wanted to do is he goes if we're going to build a resin desk dad can we create a star wars scene in it and so that led us to tracking down star wars micro machines not an easy task to get like tie fighters and x-wings and is stuff. it cheap it's not a cheap task, um, especially when it ends up that you find exactly what you're after, but it's in Perth and the seller won't ship it. So you have to arrange for your best mate who doesn't drive to catch an Uber to go and pick it up and then Uber back to his house and then ship it to you express. Kind of adds a little bit to it. Um, so we did that and we got those and we created a dogfight seed and we put some LEDs in it as well. So it all lights up really cool and stuff like that. Um, and yeah, so we ended up, we completed it over the weekend, a little, little while back and, uh, then went, took it back into the guys at Slab Lads down at Slacks Creek and they sort of shaved down the edges for us and sort of finished the, the edging and, and polishing on it. And then we put some legs on it and away it went and it looks amazing. And it's definitely not a $600 desk. No, it's more. We're not going to talk about it. All right. So did you enjoy the process? It was awesome. I think. You know, when we were building it, we are building over the school holidays and Tom had just had a pretty shitty term, to be honest. Was and he just, was sick. He, he was sick. He wasn't feeling Wasn't feeling good. great. And so it was a really good bonding thing. Like, we really enjoyed doing it together. I think it was it was really, really cool to get in and do that together. Um, I offered it to, to build one with the other kids. I think Avalon's probably going to want one when, when we move house. Um, I was surprised that Ollie and Paxton turned around and went, no. They don't want one, so I don't know. Maybe they'll, they'll change their mind after they see. Look, we Tom's already have. Um, I already know what's going to be wanted to be in the the Avalon. Oh, she wants a, a Paris cityscape. Yeah, yeah. but Siri talks to me about. It. Uh, I'm guessing that there potentially is wanting to be a, a bit of a Clarice. Yeah. 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 The, um, the chicest mouth in Paris. <laughs> yeah, but look, I think it's actually really cool. Like I look at it now and, and we light it up and it, it looks really cool despite the mistakes we made. Like there were certain things that we forgot to do, like sanding down the timber properly and sealing it properly before we poured the resin, which meant we got a lot more bubbles in it than what, you know, a professional job would. Um, it doesn't look terrible. In fact, it actually kind of fits the Star Wars scene, being that they're flying through a canyon on, you know, this Star Wars kind of world. And so the bubbles kind of look like mist coming up in that. So it kind of worked in our favor there. Um, luckily, luckily we got, we got lucky a number of times. And I think that, you know, it's, it's a really cool thing to do. And I think that if you've been watching the reels on Facebook, you've been watching bits and pieces on it and going, Oh, I should do that. Do it. Yeah. I think one of the things that, um, we, we got advice from Steven at Slab Lads and he was really good. He said, go, go to Bunnings and get some melamine and have them cut it into the pieces so you can build a frame. And so what you do is you build the frame to for the size of the, the desk or the table or whatever mm -hmm. it is you want, and then you seal it. So yeah. what you'll do there is you'll get like a, a like a Sally sealant type deal, and you'll seal the gaps in the frame because you'll screw it all together, and then you'll seal that, and then you'll spray the whole frame with like a silicon mold release type thing. Yeah. And then you'll place your timber in, and then you'll start pouring your resin, essentially. And I think that that was really good. Like we had to take the frame off it 
and it was a bit hard, but it did pop off, thankfully, due to the the silicon. Uh, so why didn't you just unscrew it? We did. We unscrewed it first and then took the individual sides and bits and pieces off. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah, we unscrewed The The one thing that I'd do differently is the sealant that I got, it's like a tacky sealant. Uh, so it self-repairs, which is great. We had no leaks, but it also left tackiness on the resin. And yeah. so we had to clean all that up um, and all that. But yeah, no, it was it was awesome. We got some color pigment, some mica color pigment off of um, off of Amazon, mm-hmm. and we put that through, and that looks amazing. Um, and yeah, nice. Oh. So, out of five, what would you recommend for the experience? Oh, I think it's like a four and a half. I would absolutely do it again. Yeah. Um, and I think that you know, it's if you're sitting there going, I kind of wish that I had done it or want to do it, mm. go and do it. Yeah, like. And go on, because I know I can get the timber cheaper. Yeah. But we found the perfect pieces at Slab Lads. Yeah. Right? And and they were mostly prepared. They were already dried out. You don't want wet timber because moisture and, and resin is not a good mix. Yeah. Um, So we, we got the perfect piece of timber and, and we'll show you that. But, yeah, it, it was awesome. Okay. And we cool. love We love, he loves it. He loves it, despite the mistakes and the stuff that we made. Cool, 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 cool. So, shall we talk about the next episode as to what's coming? Let people know. Yeah. Next step, what are we talking about next So next step, we'll be talking about what makes a good agent. And then for the JTM, we're going to be talking about the perfect lamb rub. I think we've actually got a special guest for that one. I think we might be pulling someone who's worked with a few agents and has made a few agents look really good. Well, we're going to have a special guest too. We're going to have a special guest. Oh, look at us. Yeah, we're, we come, we're coming up in the podcast world, aren't we? We've got a special oh, guest. I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> We've had special guests, but this one hasn't been. We've never had one anyone come in studio. <laughs> a little makeshift studio in our spare room. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note. On that note. And, and yeah, we'll, we'll do the perfect lamb rub because lamb is cheap as chips at the moment. Okay, I can see that he's about to go down another rabbit hole. So let's finish it here and I hit the right button. I'm, I'm watching. I'm wondering if you've got the right button. And now.